all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens, and I'm joined here in the studio today with Dr. Allie Brown, and we are talking about, drumroll, for those of you who follow us on social media, you know we're talking about your teeth. So um, our special guest is Dr. Heather Tudor who is a dentist from Lexington, Mississippi. So all of our Delta folks, get on the line. Um, We are going to be talking about your teeth, your tongue, oral cancer, oral cancer screening. We can talk about cavities and uh, root canals and all of those wonderful things that everybody gets excited about. We'll talk about the tools um, and give you some information and education on maintaining good oral health. Um, Share your comments and your experiences with us by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464 or send us an email to women at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning. This is Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens, and I'm in the studio with my co-host, Dr. Allie Brown. And today's topic is our teeth. We are talking about our teeth today. So it's a, a great dental show we have lined up for you. Dr. Heather Tudor is here with us, and she is going to answer your questions and impart some incredible knowledge to help you move forward toward oral health and hygiene, all of those wonderful things. It's a daily thing. We're going to debunk these myths about flossing and go back to the old school days where we flossed and and continue to recommend flossing well, rather than believing that flossing myths is about dentistry about being afraid of okay. the dentist or not wanting to go to the dentist. Well, Let's get, get over started. that today. We're, yeah, so Let's we're going to do it all of that, guys. Um, I'm sure you have lots of questions because I know that just about everybody's had a toothache, and you guys know from before that if it hurts, something's not right. Um, that number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. If you don't have access to a phone, you can um, send us an email to women at mpbonline.org. And also, you can listen to us um, on the MPB app. So you can download that from the App Store, and you guys can take us with you in your pockets everywhere you go. Um, we have a, one caller on the line, Don. We see you. Um, but what we're going to do first, um, since you are Johnny on the spot this morning, or Donnie on the spot, I guess. Don on I'm, the spot. <laughs> we're going to um, allow Dr. Tudor to tell us a little bit about yourself. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Well, it's good to be here. I'm happy that y'all asked me. Um, well, my name's Heather Tudor. I'm a dentist in Lexington, Mississippi. Um, it is in Holmes County. That's where I grew up. Um, I've been there for mm, 19 years, I wow. guess. Um, we um, 
My husband is an orthodontist. His practice is in Brandon. Ooh, orthodontist. That's braces yes. and the like, guys. <laughs> you should have been here, she too. She might be able to give you some crooked teeth questions, too. You can get some crooked teeth questions. You know, I can always consult him <laughs> <laughs> if they get too hard for me. Um, also, I have two kids. Um, I have Hayden. He's 19. He's at Ole Miss. He's just finished his freshman year at Ole Miss. And then I have Lindsay, and she will be 15 this summer. Awesome. Um, and she is in Madison. She will start at Madison Central. Um, oh, that's wow. a good deal. Yes. That's okay. a good deal. So, and so two teenagers. Wow. Yep. And okay. One of them is pre-dental. So we'll oh, see. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Oh, and P.S. guys, so we're not Facebook Live, so you can't see it, but she is also absolutely shredded. She's probably got to be the most. So look, she must be the most muscular dentist. She can pull a tooth. <laughs> I mean, and that's what like I do She a can lot walk of. in and pull. She can crank those suckers out with her bare hands, I'm sure. Um, again, guys, that number, one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven. Seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Don got the number on and early, so we are going to go ahead to the phone lines and hear from him. Good morning, Don. How are you? My name is Don Sorotek. I live in Lexington, also. Wonderful. Yeah. Question: um, I got some fillings put in back in the mid six. Uh, I'm sorry, mid mid seventies and stuff when I was a child. Um, I heard through the news system that the filling material they used back then had a problem where it would expand and contract and break your teeth in later years? Mm, well, not necessarily. A lot of times, I mean, anytime you do anything to a tooth, um, you know, it's going to weaken the tooth. I mean, but if you don't do anything at all, the tooth continues to fall apart. So um, with, I mean, it doesn't necessarily cause the tooth to break, but over years, um, sometimes you will have fractures of the remaining part of the tooth, um, but not, you know, not because of the filling, mainly because of the decay that was there to begin with. So Don makes a point, though. Um, there have been changes that have occurred in what we know and what we use in dentistry over the years. And so um, are the, you can't exactly recall a tooth, well, so to speak, but um, but, you, but you, you know, like in, we I think guess. about because you think about like saline and implants and on the way that people used to do implants and silicone and those kinds of issues. So maybe one of the things that he's concerned about is, I mean, are there things that might have been used during that time frame? He said in the seventies um, that is, uh, if you had your teeth filled at that time, are there things that you need to be concerned about that might be in there um, that may need to be changed or replaced, updated or evaluated by there, a dentist? Well, always need to be evaluated. Um, always. Um, every twice six a year. months. <laughs> twice, I mean, it's kind of twice a year you yeah. need to have um, it evaluated. Just, not just when there's a problem. Right. But. We don't wait till something breaks. You know, it's better to be on the front end of all of that. Um, but as far as like replacing there are kind of two schools of thought on that. Um, um, the amalgams, the silver fillings that mm -hmm. were used like from the beginning of dentistry um, definitely are not as pretty as the white fillings and stuff that we use now. Um, and they do, you know, contain mercury, which has been, you know, a problem. And there are some states that don't, you know, allow that anymore. Do um, people still use silver fillings? Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. cool. It is Good still time. taught. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, because, I mean, it's just um, the white villains have made like 
tremendous advances. Um, at first, when I was actually in dental school, the um, the white fillings were not as good. I mean, they didn't seal the tooth off. You had, you know, things leaking. You would have mm. to have them replaced every five years or something like that, you know. But now, um, new to new bonding, you know, materials and actual filling materials and just more experience, you know, using the materials, they've gotten a lot better. So not, I don't want to say not many people use silver fillings, but, um, but they're not as common, not now. nearly mm-hmm. as common as they used to be. But they are be. safe still. People are still using them. They're still <laughs> acceptable for use. They, well, there's nothing that says we can't uh-huh. um, here in Mississippi. Um, it's just that there are a lot of people who really want that to be ended. Okay. Well, what makes the difference? So um, what makes what is the difference between the um, the white ones and the silver ones? I've, I mean, aside from obviously the, the way that they cosmetic. appear, the mm-hmm. cosmetic appearance, because, of course, you would want something if you could get it, I guess, that's more tooth colored as opposed to announcing to the world when you open your <laughs> mouth that you have had cavities. Um, but, hey, no shame. That happens. It happens to the best of us. No, no judgment. Yep. But at the same time, so is there a difference outside of the cosmetic thing so is it a cost issue is it i mean what tends to make the 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 white fillings are more expensive um they're more time consuming for the dentist um there's a lot more um you have to like isolate you know obviously you're working in the mouth there's a whole lot of water in there Mm -hmm. and um the white fillings do not behave well when they get contaminated with moisture so it's very um technique sensitive um you know so you have to be careful with you know placement of that and there's more steps you know with the white fillings, you have to clean the tooth a specific way. You have to put the bonding agent in there. Then, you know, there's multiple layers that you have to do to get the filling, you know, to do right. Mm-hmm. Um, silver fillings, basically, you could put in in a swimming pool <laughs> wow. and cram it into here. And, and so you're the other thing is ease of application. <laughs> exactly. So it, it's Almost a like lot, foolproofness. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. easier. It's less expensive maybe not as desirable cosmetically for people who care. Um, and so those are really the basic differences. Mm-hmm. Don, see, thanks so much. That was a great question because I, I have now been educated about this thing. And I didn't know that because I didn't know that silver was still out there. It was still happening. Still around. All right. Well, well we. yeah, well, mine was back in the 70s. So anyway. <laughs> Wonderful. So did that answer your question? It did. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Thanks so much for your call. Have a great weekend. We're going to stay on the phone lines and hear from Jacob, who is calling from Crystal Springs. How are you doing, Jacob? Uh, Good morning. How are you? Doing well. What's your question? Good. Um, I uh, recognize that there is uh, some decent foundation and uh, emerging research on the impact of cortisol levels with tooth decay, even accounting for genetics and uh, presence of bacteria. I was wondering if the uh, dentist would speak to what it means in a state that already has very difficult um, issues with access to dental care when you have a population that is uh, highly stressed by poverty, by racism, by domestic violence, and by substance abuse, and what it means for oral care in cavities. I love this. So Jacob's question, social determinants of health and dental care, awesome. 
Well, I mean, well, I specifically as it pertains to cortisol, but still, I love that. Like, I, you know, so that the environment, like your environment matters to to your health and and how you manifest stress, et cetera. And so that's I think that's an awesome question, because the cortisol stuff is not something that has been out for a very long time. That's actually kind of a little bit more. Hot off the press, I guess. <laughs> That's been after I finished school. <laughs> um, no, but as far as like, um, I mean, obviously, access to care is is an issue, but not necessarily access to care, but access to paying for care. Um, that's what we run into a lot with dentistry. Um, you know, I'm in Lexington. We don't have a whole lot of... Um, Doctors, dentists, um, healthcare providers up Is there. Is that considered the Delta? We're right on the edge. I, I, I always wondered that. I, I've had some good We're times. We're still on the heels. I've had some good old times up there in Holmes County, but I just wanted to know, was I in the Delta when those times happened? Only if you went down the hill to Chula. Gotcha. If you went to Chula, you made it to the Delta. Gotcha. Um, so... But any type of infection, you know, if you're immune compromised, which essentially is what happens with fluctuations in, in cortisol, right. I mean, it's going to affect your oral health. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. But, you know, there's also and, and so there's also some research that's out there, too, uh, looking at um, correlations between salivation, which you need I'm it. sure we'll get to. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, get to talk, we'll get to talk to uh, talk about it a little bit later about like. The, the importance or the influence of saliva in oral health and hygiene, but um, between stress and saliva and dental caries. And so I think um, Jacob's point is is pretty salient that there may be social um, stressors that can influence that as well. And that can in turn also kind of change that oral milieu, if you will, your internal oral environment. Um to maybe predispose, but the and also the foods you have access to, processed foods are not good for your teeth. And you know, sugar, sugar, sweet things, the stuff that's all so the it's dollar multifactorial, store. multifactorial. So I, I, yeah. yeah, I think that you know it's uh, you know we benefit by promoting good uh, oral hygiene. We benefit by trying to encourage better dietary choices. But um, like so much uh, that goes on in our state, and I appreciate what y'all do on this show about this. Unless we're improving the lives of the people in our state, um, you know, we don't have enough of, uh, of a lift, I think, for this to really have the impact that, you know, we, we look for on paper. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's true. You, we, you think about so many people, even in the, so you're talking about Lexington and, and Holmes County, which is pr- primarily rural. Um, and, and it is wonderful that they have, you know, great people like you who, will go back and go home and provide care and services closer in close proximity to people who live in these rural communities. But the other part is that even in urban areas, like even in, in Jackson, which is the largest city in our state, there are still food deserts where people don't have access to those healthier choices. And the other thing, so there might be a McDonald's, nothing against McDonald's, or a fast food restaurant on every corner, but how many grocery stores are there? How many places where people can actually go and get fresh produce. And if you are going to the fast food restaurant, the things on the dollar menu are not the salads. Um, you know, so so eating healthy, how do we make that um, something that people can do more easily and make it more readily available? Because now we're not living in a time where we grow our own food like we used to many, many years ago. Um, so I think you, you do raise a great point. It's a, a heavy lift. 
Um, there are definitely huge challenges, but I think it's important that we remember that those social factors also have an impact on our health. And it's not just about whether or not somebody can get to you because it's important that you're there. But, you know, you get to see them twice a year um, if everything's okay. And then what about what are they doing the other 364 days? And how do we as a community work to create the environment that in turn reinforces the healthy things that you try to work on from a prevention standpoint. Thanks so much for that, Jacob. There's so much to unpack there. We could do a whole show on that alone. Thank you all so much. Uh, awesome. Um, so we have one more caller on the line, and um, my producer's giving me that look. So, Renee, um, we're going to go to you real quick, um, who's calling from Utica, Mississippi. And then after that, we're going to have to take our break because he just gave me the meme mug. How you doing, Renee? Hi. Hi. <laughs> Good morning. What's your question? Yes, I have two questions. One is I want to know uh, when is the average age for menopause for women? Oh, that's a good question, Dr. Owens. Hey, (laughs) I feel like you just tossed me the softball. So, Renee, the average age for menopause in women is 52. Okay. And my teeth question is uh, receding gum. What causes receding gum, and can it be uh, corrected? Well, I guess that's me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think that has anything to do with the pathologist or the gynecologist. Well, there are um, there are several factors that can cause um, receding gums. You know, actually, one thing, honestly, is not brushing properly um a lot of people think the harder you scrub the better you are um but i've seen a lot of damage from people like sawing their little gums away with their toothbrush um so there is you want to make sure when you're brushing your teeth you're you know you're putting the bristles at an angle to those teeth and you're doing circular motion and you're not scrubbing because as you scrub you tend to wear the gum tissue away Um, rather than clean it. You're just pushing it down, pushing it down, and then that causes um, recession. I'll tell you, since I started using an electric toothbrush, it's done wonders for me. I used to brush too hard. I do do everything 110%, so I'll brush my (laughs) teeth just like you said, just pressing on that thing like crazy. But using an electric toothbrush and just kind of letting it guide the pressure that I put on my teeth, and I have not had problems since then. It it is great. There are some really, and they have, once again, just like dentistry, electric toothbrushes have come along way um, and they do a fantastic job for people who just are those 110 percenters and think that they have the harder they scrub the better Hashtag they are overachiever <laughs> That's right. but I'm um, also you know um, one thing that can cause that um, trouble is periodontal disease um, if you have gum disease due to lack of seeing a dentist regularly or I mean some people just you know, just like some people have high blood pressure and they do things they're supposed to, you still have problems with your gums. Um, And it's due to bacteria that destroy the bone that holds the teeth in. And then the gums tend to, you know, recede from there. So that's a problem as well. Well, Renee, thanks so much for your call and your question. We are going to take our first break of the segment. Linda, I see you, and we will get back to you after the break. Um, Again, this is Southern Remedy for Women. It's Dr. Michelle, Dr. Owens, and Dr. Tudor talking about your teeth. We'll be back to complete your tooth tutorial right after this break.
is an MPB Think Radio podcast. And we're back at Southern Remedy for Women, and we are talking about your teeth. Our guest today is Dr. Heather Tudor, and she is tutoring us on teeth and oral health and hygiene. The phone number for you guys? You are full of... Just delightful commentary today. I was gonna do the tutor who tutored the flute, tried to tutor two tutors to toot, but then I was like, no, it's like, it Whoa, might be too much for my mind. Well, I didn't even finish. So the two to the tutor is it harder to toot or to tutor two tutors to toot? Hey, I want to that. Sorry. Um, so yeah, the number guys one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Where else can you get? We're talking about teeth. Talk about tongue. We can do a tongue twister. We can talk. We're covering it all today. Even talking about the influence of the environment and social determinants of health on oral on oral health and hygiene. Man, where else can you get that? None other than here on MPB. All right, so we are going to go to our phone lines and hear from Linda, who has been patiently waiting since before our break. She is calling us yes. from Port Gibson. How are you doing, yes. Linda? Good morning. I'm up. Good morning. Um, I want to say one thing is uh, I'm 60 years old, and uh, the reason why some people don't go to the dentist is because uh, they have bad experiences. And I had a bad experience with a dentist here, but I'm not I'm not calling about that. But I have denture, uh, upper denture, and when I'm eating, it just comes right out. I use the uh, adhesive and it just come out. I don't know. I don't know if the denture is too small, I mean too big or too something, but I got to do something about that. So how old is your denture? Almost a year. Goodness. Um. Well, did you have your teeth taken out and the denture put right in? Or did you go a while without teeth and then have the I denture? went a while. I went a while without um, teeth. Has it been that way since you had it made, or did it just start doing that? Well, uh, it's been like this since they. I've been to the dentist several times, and they keep saying that because uh, I don't have a, a tooth on in my bottom left area. They keep saying that. Uh, Maybe they can put a line or something there. They have some type of line that they can put there to hold it in your mouth. A reline, probably. Yeah. Yeah, that makes it adapt to your gums better. So sometimes that happens. Sometimes when the denture's made, the bone in your mouth changes a little bit, and it makes the denture not fit as well. And so when you can reline it, you just basically redo the inside of that denture so that it fits and it adapts to those gums better and usually stays put better. However, some people just don't have a lot of bone um, yeah. Just the I structure. Had very, I had periodontal. Oh, yeah. So when yeah, you have like that. that bone loss like that, it's just not much for that denture to hold to. You know, it has to have something. The bone is actually what the denture sits on, and it, you know, mm-hmm. develops a little suction in the roof of your mouth, and that's yeah. actually how it stays. But mm, Okay. 
And if you don't have much bone, sometimes, you know, always, um, obviously, implants um, are a great alternative when you have a denture that's not stable. Um, yeah. Because implants. then it's... Yes, ma'am. Those, implants are oh, about a thousand, six hundred to $1,000. And uh, I, I just don't have that kind of money to get implants. Yeah, I understand. They yeah. are really expensive, Um but I think the other piece is that if you have appropriately fitting, you know, dentures, and it may not be perfect, like true perfect, but if you have um, well-fitting dentures, they actually are an acceptable alternative, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you use adhesive, you know, and they adapt mm-hmm. to your gums appropriately, then generally you may have to replace the adhesive, you know, periodically through the day, but, you know, it will... It will work and it'll help yeah, with your and, chewing. And if you're having more problems, you might just want to go back and uh, see your uh, the person who fitted you or whatever and tell them what problems you're having and see if they might have some other solutions for you. Hello. I thank you for taking my call. Linda, we always appreciate hearing from you. Thanks so much. And have a good weekend. All right. We are staying on the phone lines because they are full. If you guys are calling in and can't get in, this is why. So we are going to go to Greg, who's calling us from on the road. Good morning, Greg. Morning. Uh, I would like to ask you, doctors, uh, what your opinion is of uh, the activated charcoal toothpaste that are becoming pretty popular right now. Well, I've seen people brushing their teeth with, with that, that stuff, that and, black stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, I don't know. So it looks a little strange. Story with that Good question. Too, now I know, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm a toothpaste kind of girl. Um, charcoal. I don't know. I would. Um, I just have not seen anything that makes me want to use activated charcoal on my teeth. Um, I personally use, you know, regular toothpaste with fluoride, and that's what I think is the so best. So the charcoal toothpaste does not have fluoride, correct? Mm-mm. Okay. Right. So, I, to my knowledge, there's no fluoride. Some people are worried about fluoride. I mean, they... Right, yeah. right. And maybe those okay. folks would prefer, uh, but the well, level that we have in toothpaste and in our water, is that something to be worried about? No. I mean, only if you eat a tube of toothpaste. Yeah, don't you know, eat the you, tube. You, you spit the toothpaste out when you brush your uh-huh. teeth. So oh, my gosh. So you have, like, helped, like, relieve some of my mommy guilt because my kids, so, you know, when, when you have little kids, my kids are brushing and... And then it's like, and the toothpaste disappears. And I'm like, what did you do? <laughs> Don't put too and much on the toothbrush. Like, a teeny little bit. Yeah, well, kids. I mean, so they said a pea-sized. Right. So I read about this. Pea-sized. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what? How much fluoride's in a pea-sized little dollop of toothpaste? I don't know. But I had this moment where I was like, if you guys keep doing this, something bad is going to happen. You've got to stop eating the toothpaste. <laughs> so that makes me feel good. As long as it's not a tube, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> so good. thank you for that. But Greg, so are you a are you a believer of the activated charcoal? Have you used it with good results, or are you just curious? Well, I have. I did use it. I have used it one time. When I say one time, I mean I got one tube of it. Uh, it had. Um, it's not just like hard activated black charcoal. <laughs> it's black. Like your barbecue. Uh, but it had uh, coconut oil in with it. Uh, and the, honestly, I really could tell a difference. Uh, but if you read everything that is available out there, it all says that you shouldn't brush too hard. You can't use it all the time. Uh, but What sort of I, difference I could you tell? I hadn't read much research. What was yeah. the difference? I really hadn't read any research on it, and I was just curious if you'd 
knew anything about it. Well, Greg, what, what, your opinion was. what was your experience? Like you said, you could tell a difference. A difference in what? Uh, it, it appeared to be um, cleaner. Uh, and, it, and what the literature says, I, when I say literature, I don't mean the research, but just the hype on it, that it really does get rid of all the plaque. Uh, and it really did feel cleaner. Uh, that's all I mean by that. I could tell a difference with regular toothpaste after it and after using this stuff, which it is strange, you know, to have <laughs> black, all black in your yeah. mouth. Uh, it, it, and it certainly looks weird. I'm not sure you'd want to do it around other people. But I hadn't talked to any dentist about it. I love it. So, Dr. Tudor, the final word in the charcoal? Just use your toothpaste. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much for your call, Greg. Thank you. So we're going to stay on the phone lines, and we are going to go to Richard, who is calling us from Natchez. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. How are you all doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm good. I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, my question is, uh, my sweetheart, she is 65 years old. Uh, she is in excellent health, but she has got a chronic cough, uh, predominantly in the morning and the evenings. Uh, she does have slight allergies throughout the year to dust and this, that, and the other. Uh, and she's uh, a health professional. Mm-hmm. What? Without any other information, what could be the reason for her coughing? It's almost like a COPD-type cough. And she's not a smoker, never was? No, and not a drinker. Uh, Again, she's a health professional uh, in excellent health, other than the fact that she does have some seasonal allergies. Does she take anything for those allergies? Pardon me? Is she taking anything for her allergies? No, 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 no. She's, she's totally holistic. She, she doesn't believe in medicine, going to the doctor. That's an interesting healthcare professional. I don't know, right? It kind of sounds like all... Well, Richard, treating so, the allergies look, would be important. I'm going to... So, yeah. So, I'm going to I'm gonna interject right here and just say, Richard, this has nothing to do with, with the answer to your question, but can I just say that I love the way how your intro was, my sweetheart. So, you just, like, melted my heart there. I'm like, okay, so now we can go on and deal with your question. Yeah. We're going on 50 years now oh that is so awesome amazing one thing i would kind of point out is she does she you said she doesn't go to the doctor does she have a general doctor that she sees once a year Uh, or so no i mean she has one that she could go to with a major health problem but Uh, she might need a chest x-ray yeah i think that would be good and i do think that the allergy thing because we just had an allergy show not too long ago um, and uh, so cough can definitely be one of those things. It's something that's usually very easy to fix and can make a big difference in our quality of life. So I would say encourage her, if you could, to just go and at least have her seen by um, a general practitioner or maybe even an allergist just to see if that might be what's causing it, because that can be a relatively quick fix. Um, you know, sometimes something like reflux can also create a, a chronic cough, especially if it's around the time that that she's laying down or lying supine. Um, so just those are just two things right off the top of the bat that come to mind that would be relatively easy um, and would kind of fit for somebody who's otherwise healthy that could make a big difference in how she feels day to day. And chronic lung diseases and lung cancer, not to be an alarmist, but can occur in non-smokers. So that's why I said a chest X-ray and just a good physical examination. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your call. 
Hey, well, thank y'all, and, and I, I will encourage her again to do exactly what y'all have recommended. Richard, if you use that sweetheart thing on her like you did on us, I think she'll do whatever you ask. Buy her some jewelry. Hey, well, hey y'all are sweethearts, too. I love you. Uh, thanks. Bye, have a good one. Staying on the phone lines, that number again, guys, one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. That's one eight seven seven mpb ring We've got a couple of lines open, and we are now going to go to Kenny, who's calling us from Picayune. And we're going to hear from Kenny. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you doing? We're doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I've got a, kind of a weird question. Uh, my regular medical doctor has uh, come up completely empty on it. Uh, rather spontaneously, I get swelling in my lips and in my tongue and in my cheeks. Um, and I was wondering, I, I have... I've been wearing dentures for about as long as this has been going on. Um, Is it tied to anything you're eating or being exposed to? Sounds almost like a little no, allergy. No, we've, we've, we've went through the whole mm-hmm. genre of, of allergy um, possibilities from things I eat to medicines I take to mm-hmm. the TV shows I watch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <my>. <laughs> uh, and, and it's just totally been you know we we we've grown a blank and it's only in the in my mouth and my upper lip or lower lip or in my tongue and in my uh cheeks uh occasionally kenny are you on any medications uh no ma'am i'm not um do you I'm, are you ten do you take any supplements yeah i do what kind of um what kind of supplements do you take uh, well, I take uh, 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 vitamin B12 sublingual um, periodically. I, I wish I could tell you I, I did it every day like I was supposed to, but uh, I don't. Uh, but I've stopped and started all the, the different things that I've, uh, you know, supplements. I, I was taking a multivitamin there for a while, and I quit taking that. And, and the thing is, this will go for, you know, six weeks, two months, three months without having, and then all of a sudden, I just out of the blue. And I, my personal thought is that I was wondering if there's maybe some type of uh, bacterial uh, and, uh, infection that you, not infection would be the wrong word, some type of growth to get on my dentures that would cause an allergic reaction. Uh, I put them in uh, a denture soak every night uh, when I go to bed. Have you seen anything uh, like this, Dr. Tudor, in your practice? I haven't, but I, I'm curious. You said you've tried um, all the different... Th- have you tried just, like, ever get like going without the dentures when that happens to see if maybe that, like, makes it go away? Um, well, the other strange component of this is that it, it usually happens, um, I, I usually wake up, um, in the middle of the night with it happening, uh, when my dentures aren't in, you know, I've taken my dentures out for the night, put them in a, a soak and... Uh, brush my teeth and go on the bed, and then I wake up. Um, yeah, it usually wakes me up about four or five o'clock in the morning. I feel it start to swell up. 
Maybe you should go see an ENT, an ear, nose, and throat well, doctor. That that was uh, that's that's one of the things that I'm, I'm considering. Okay. Well, yeah, don't just consider it. Go. Um, they might really be able to. I mean, seriously, because it sounds like this in that yeah, area, and indeed, and um, especially. So it sounds like the run of the mill things have already kind of been ruled out. So I yeah. think um, that being the case, it's time for you to step it up and get to a specialist. Well, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. I didn't know if this was something that uh, I needed to see my dentist about or an ENT. I don't. So. I don't think a dent. If it, you know, if it's not. A consistent kind of thing and it you know I, I don't think a dentist really i think ent is probably your way to go with it being so inconsistent like that if it's something oral usually it's and if it's from exposure to the denture it's pretty much going to be there as long as that denture is there all right well thanks for your awesome call. kenny thanks so much for your call we are staying on our phone lines and we're going to go to d who's calling from greenwood good morning d Good morning. How are you? Doing great. What's your question? Actually, I don't have a question. Uh, I just wanted to uh, talk to you about some things I was going through after periodontal disease. Oh, well, great. We love sharing your stories. We'd love to hear. Tell us. Okay, and I don't know whether you can tell me anything uh, that I can do or not, but here's my story. I had periodontal disease when I was younger, periodontal disease when I was younger, and I was being treated for it. And then I was diagnosed with uh, Sjogren's syndrome. So with my um, extremely dry mouth and eyes, well, extremely dry mouth, uh, my teeth started to deteriorate. I got some cavities. All my teeth had to be removed from the bottom. And uh, I had a plate on top because I still have a few teeth on top. So... I went to the dentist, and they tried to recommend things. And with the Sjogren's syndrome, we we realized that implants would not be healthy because I might not heal properly. And my bone is also receding, and they can't build up bone because anything they would do invasive would, um, you know, maybe not heal well because of the autoimmune disease. So I don't know what else I can do. I still have a few in the in the top, and I'm wondering if I should go ahead and get those taken out and try to be fitted with a plate on. Well, again, the the, the uh, bone has deteriorated, so there's really nothing I can do. Or do you know of anything? So you have a partial on the top. You still have some of your natural teeth, and the and you have a partial that fits on those. I, I did have a partial. Uh, what did he tell me? The partial. It didn't fit right anymore because my teeth were shifting and uh, gums were receding and just not a good thing. So you're not able to wear anything? No. No, I think I'm just going to have to, I'm just resolved to be like I am and there's nothing they can do. Well, I wouldn't say that. Um <laughs> <laughs> You're making me sad. Have you ever gone for another opinion? I, you know, I, I'm sorry. I think my dentist was sad because uh, there's really kind of I'm, I'm, there's nothing to be done. My well, gums have receded. My bone has receded. They can't really do any invasive uh, surgery because I may not heal properly. They don't want to take that chance. 
Well, so Dee, first of all, um, I think that when something like that happens, and I, I definitely believe that if somebody gives you um, an answer like that, that is really kind of absolute and final, um, that there is nothing wrong with pursuing an opportunity to get a second opinion or to hear another expert's opinion about that same issue um, to see if there are additional options or other things that may be available to you. But just really quickly to, to back up on what you said, you mentioned that you had developed Sjogren's syndrome. And just for the yes. people who are listening to kind of help put what you've said into context for the people who are listening, that's an autoimmune disorder, um, which is when our bodies actually turn around and start actually attacking, attacks itself, where the body attacks itself. And so Sjogren's syndrome can be a complication of a rheumatologic or an autoimmune issue, or it can be a condition that occurs by itself. Many times these can really be very profound, life threatening type reactions or responses or illnesses. And so, you know, in the grand scheme of things, first of all, for you to there are some people who have these kinds of experiences and they aren't as fortunate even as you are in dealing with what you're dealing with right now. So, first of all, that that's that is still a win when you look back and kind of put things in perspective. But the second thing is that in the event that you have been left in a situation where things are very complicated and difficult, sometimes you might need to seek an opinion and it may require you to travel for that. Like, for example, you might need to be in a, a larger area or a place that is more populous in order to get a different opinion, because depending on where you are, there may be different resources, different technologies and different things available. So um, I would encourage you if if that is not the answer that you want um, to at least give yourself the opportunity to pursue um, another opinion from another person that may not necessarily be directly in your area. Um, maybe you'll need to go to a, a larger city or town where there may be more um, more resources or more technology available to help address. And if you get to the right specialist, and it may be that you might need to work in conjunction with a rheumatologist and somebody that deals with oral health, whether it's a surgeon or a dental person that they could kind of collaborate together to come up with a plan that would work really well for you or that could get you closer to what you desire. Um, I think you patients a lot of times don't know that they can do those things, that they can ask those questions, that they can continue to pursue that. And all you need to do is find the right team and try to put together the folks who, you know, can work together to get you what you want. So good luck to you. Well, you've given me a glimmer of hope, and um, I can I do have a rheumatologist, and I am followed by rheumatology. I'm a veteran, so I go to the VA, followed by rheumatologists, have dental coverage, mm -hmm. and um, I can probably uh, be sent to a larger facility in the in a metropolitan area where I can see some specialists. Absolutely. So thank you for that. Thank yes. You. I, I appreciate that. Ask the question. Ask the question because you definitely, you know, you deserve it. And, hey, thank you for your service. And our veterans definitely deserve it. And there's a huge network out there. So you just pull those chains and make people do what they need to do. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Appreciate Have a good it. weekend. You too. Bye-bye. All right. So, guys, 
um, I think it's time for us to take a break really quickly. And um, that'll be the last break of the hour. When we come back, our phone lines are still, our phone lines are still open. Um, and we'll be able to take a few last-minute calls before we wrap for the day. Again, we are here talking about teeth with Dr. Tudor. Teeth with Tudor. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hi, thanks for joining us at Southern Remedy for Women, and we are talking about teeth with Dr. Heather Tudor. We have really gotten some tooth tutorials all day long. I've been working my alliteration there. I love that. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens, and I'm here with Dr. Allie Brown, and we are talking about teeth. We have roughly about four minutes left in the broadcast. Our phone lines are open, so if you guys would like to call, please feel free to do so if you'd like to share an experience with us. Um, And so since we have a couple of seconds without a caller on the line, I just want to kind of go back again. So uh, for the listening audience, because we've had a lot of calls, just some salient ideas and pointers for folks with respect to oral health. Now, we have been driving home the concept that dentists do more than just um, clean and fix your teeth. So we talk about how part of the exam should be screening for oral cancer. Um, so just kind of give us, I guess, some some closing pointers, ideas, some take home messages. You talked a little bit about the importance of brushing. How often should we brush um, how often should you see your dentist? I guess we're just going to kind of summarize how often you should see the dentist. And then what the heck happens when you get in there? And why the heck haven't y'all come up with a way for those drills to be silent? That's what I want to know. Why I can't they just, <laughs> can we get rid of this? Like, I need that to go away. That's why I can't hear. I've been doing this for 20 years. I can't hear away. anymore. Oh my goodness. I know. And I wish, I wish we could get rid of the drill. That's the biggest, one of the biggest fears, the shot, obviously. Nobody wants the shot. Um, so that's things that we, we as dentists um, contend with on a daily basis. Um, you know, obviously, um, things that we want to really drive home, um, you need to see your dentist um, every six months. If you are a healthy dental patient, if you have gum disease or something like that, generally you see your dentist every three months okay. um, just because you have a tendency to build up you know, the tartar and things like that. And it needs to be monitored more closely, more often than six months. And lots of people with chronic medical diseases are accustomed to seeing their doctor every three months. You got hypertension, diabetes, that kind of thing. So that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah. Tooth brushing and flossing. Tooth brushing and flossing. Okay. So we at least want to brush twice a day. Okay, at least. Um, and I went over earlier how to brush. You know, we're not tr- scrubbing toilets. I tell my patients that <laughs> all the time. That is so cute. <laughs> I love it. We are not scrubbing toilets. We, um, I always say, pretend it's like a tomato. And you're mm. you're putting, you, you know, your gum tissue is like a tomato. You're polishing so the tomato. You're just making, you know, you That's don't want to bust the tomato. <laughs> right, right. You're not making sauce. Yeah, nice We're not tomato. making tomato sauce. <laughs> so um, anyway, gentle but thorough. Um, you want to make sure you're brushing at your gum line. You want to make sure you're brushing all the surfaces of your teeth, not just the front, not just mm-hmm. the front six that people see. Oh, my gosh. I have to get my kids with 
the side. I'm like, get the swords. Well, I, like I have my wisdom teeth, and I really have to get back oh, there. Yeah. I mean, you really have to make sure you for uh, sure. Get you the kind guys of have to back. close a little That's bit right. to maneuver Dude. back there to get her toothbrush back. is like 12 inches long because she has to get all the way back there. It's like a, it looks like a back brush. No Being comment. The child of a dentist. <laughs> no comment. I know. <laughs> but um, okay, so definitely at least twice a day if you can get a lunchtime brushing in there mm-hmm. that's awesome um the main thing is is when you eat sugary foods um liquids um cokes, and people yes cokes, cokes are terrible and what people don't understand mamas don't understand Ooh, that with the milk, babies and juice too and and milk you think mm-hmm. milk milk's good for them you know they give them milk and they go to bed milk's got sugar mm-hmm. i mean it's mm-hmm. it's you yeah. know that was that one of the very important things that i learned um as a new mom even when you start introducing juice because we say juice is healthy okay but whatever but the whole <laughs> thing about juice and they and the dentist said it's not the amount of juice they drink. It's the number of times that they mm-hmm. actually drink just juice. When you are bathing mouths. those mm-hmm. teeth yeah. and that sugar all day long. And you see these kids toting those cups around, you know? Yeah. It's just... So, guys, brush at least twice a day. Flossing, mm-hmm. yes, Every right? day, yes. yes to the floss. With real floss. If you're into activated <laughs> charcoal, charcoal toothpaste, it's fine. But good old regular toothpaste does fine. Dr. Tudor, thank you so much for coming Thanks to for spend time me. with us. Enjoyed Guys, it. we have really enjoyed it. Today's Southern Remedy was produced and engineered by Jay White with Dr. Allie Brown. I'm Dr. Michelle Owens. Our call screener was Java Chapman. Thanks so much for a man in the ship. Um, thanks for being with us, guys. And join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women. Uh, NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio.